Cam Riley and G'day World, Rock My Fucking World. And this is Thomas from Flagstaff, Arizona, just trying to give a great shout out for the man. You're listening to the Podcast Network. Listen, learn, evolve. G'day, Kimasabi. Tonto! How are you, my friend? <laughs> Me good. <laughs> I always thought that uh, Lone Ranger and Tonto had a little bit of uh, backdoor action going on. <laughs> I think you think that of everything, don't you? All those lonely nights. Silver can only provide so much companionship. <laughs> yeah, when Silver's had enough... <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> uh, hey, am I uh, two? Am I peaking again? You were right the other day. I was peaking. Uh, Testing one two seven nine. No, you sound okay. All right. Now uh, it's Friday, the ninth of June, two thousand and six. Rich, and it's a very historic and historic day, as we like to say in the publishing business. And historic, not a historic. And historic day. Because it's got a vowel after the H. Well, I think, yeah, you discount the H when there's a vowel, that's right, or something. I don't fucking know. But there's a, uh, this is the day that Congress is voting on the future of the internet. The net neutrality bill is up today, and I've been hitting refresh on Tech Meme and Google News every five seconds for the last couple of hours, waiting to see what happens, but uh, nothing yet. Well, yeah, they obviously voted against it, and now you have to pay if you want to know. <laughs> That's right. The internet just stopped <laughs> T- ten seconds after they uh, voted against it. The, the message went out, and the internet. That's why nothing's updating. Yeah. The internet's been stopped. That's right. In fact, I should be charging you now for this, which mm. reminds me of a service I found yesterday, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, what was that? There's some service that you can sign up to that allows you to get paid for people to call you. So you, you put up something saying you're a computer expert and people would call you over the internet and they would charge them per minute or whatever. And I thought, that has got to be one of the stupidest things I've seen in so long. <laughs> because if I start charging for people to call me, nobody will ever call me. Well, no one ever calls you now, so how's that going to make any difference? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to call you for the last 15 minutes and you haven't been answering. No, you haven't. I have. Pinged me at 7.56. Yeah, well, that was 10 minutes ago. (laughs) But you didn't call me. (laughs) I was trying to sort my daughter Uh, out. She's a bit whiny this morning. uh, uh, Something to do with her teeth. Nothing worse than whiny kids. Yes, there is. Cheeky kids. Um, anyway, let's not talk about kids. Now, we've got a guest scheduled to come on this morning, um, Douglas Nickel. Now, uh, the only reason I haven't got him on as we speak is because I don't have his phone number. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we <laughs> I sent him an email going, you want to come on the show? He was, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I forgot to say, what's your phone number, dude? So um, I sent him an email this morning going, uh, what's your phone number, dude? 
But uh, Doug was uh, one of the uh, principals at uh, Patterson Advertising, George Pats in Australia. One of Australia. I can't believe I said that. Australia, mate. Yeah, I said Australia, mate. Yeah, he was one of the one of the one of the main dudes at George Patterson Bates, big Australian advertising agency. And when that got sold to a global firm WPP about a year ago, um, he went and uh, sort of been semi-retired. But he's a, he's one of Australia's leading direct marketers. So um, I was having a chat to him about podcasting. Uh, he rang me through uh, a friend, a mutual friend at Microsoft, introduced us. And uh, this is a couple of weeks ago. And we had a bit of a chat about podcasting and direct marketing and the opportunities for direct marketers to use podcasting to extend the conversation, blah, blah, blah. I think he's writing a book about all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. called uh, Mongrel Marketing, uh, which I kind of like. But... Yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, but anyway, so we might get Doug on the show if he replies to my email <laughs> this morning. It gives me a phone number to call him on. So there you go. There's the first tip: be online all the time. Has he got a BlackBerry? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I don't have a phone number. He you called me a couple of weeks email. ago, but I yeah, I got an email, but um, he's got no. He's one of these people who doesn't have a SIG file in his email. No, you know. Actually, I might be able to just get his website. Dndirect.com. I wonder if he's got contact details up there. No. Damn. Is the second rule <laughs> contact details on your website? So we're learning a lot here today. <laughs> Direct marketing: how to be found. Uh, let me just make sure I've got his email address right. Uh, Google him. Dndirect.com. Yeah, that didn't work. I have Googled him before, mate, and uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't help. He doesn't have a website uh, that corresponds. You think show business is about entertainment, but you're wrong. It's about so many other things, like strategy and money and... Okay, just two other things. I'm Daniel Kay, and I'll be your guide through the mysterious labyrinth of the movies, television, and music on Box Office Weekly here on the Podcast Network. I know something about what motivates these people. Stop watching movies in the dark. Join me every week. Subscribe at boxofficethepodcastnetwork.com. There goes that Skype thing again. Yeah, my door was closed. I haven't... Um and my internet connection dropped out. It hasn't done that in a while because my next door neighbour re- realised uh, the other day that there's a lot of wireless uh, signals in our sort of little area here that are all on the same channel, all that were on channel 10. Okay. And he said, why don't you change channels and see if that gives you more reliability? So I did, and it's been fine. It's the first time it's kind of dropped out of me that I've been aware of anyway. So anyway, uh, yeah, Doug doesn't have a website that corresponds to the uh, domain name on his email address, so we'll see what we can do. Anyway, uh, it's been an interesting news week, which is kind of good that Doug's a little bit late, so we can talk about shit like the Google spreadsheet and yeah. uh, all of the debate that's been going on over the last week. I mean, it's been a pretty big news week. Have you uh, had an opportunity to get into Google spreadsheet yet? I had a quick play, only a few minutes worth, and the, the first thing that I found tricky... And I don't know, you may be able to do this, I just didn't spend enough time to figure it out. But you know when you go into Excel and you write a few, um, uh, you, you fill out a few fields and then you want to auto kind of complete the rest and what you do is you highlight it and then drag those um, down the page or something so that it, you know, you might be creating dates or numbers that, that are 
um, you know, incremental. And I couldn't do that in the Google spreadsheet. It just, you know, you highlight it and then there's nothing to drag, which mm. kind of makes sense because it's web-based. But And I tried it a few times and then kind of gave up. But for me, that's certainly something that makes it damn easy. And maybe there's another thing that you can do in it. Maybe there's a formula that you use or a, a drop-down menu that enables you to do it. But I certainly didn't see it straight away. Um so there's a few little quirks, but but I guess you know that should be fairly. Uh, you should expect that, given that it's a web-based application. So I don't really have a big deal with it, and given that it's free, you know, who am I to complain? And now, how did you how did you get a play of it? Because it's like, you know, first come first serve beta at the moment, isn't it? I yeah, haven't well even I, been able I, to play I, with I, it. Haven't you? Oh, okay. No. I'll see if I can invite you in or something then. Um, oh, invite me in, buddy. What are you doing? I thought you were in already. No, I'm not in. I'm no. Bo- I'm a nobody. I don't. I don't get invitations to these sorts of things. I'm not important. Well, I didn't get invited. So the the reason why I got in was because I was one of the first to come, which is normal. Um, but <laughs> given that it was the, little the more information than we really needed, I think. Yeah. Um, the time zone actually worked for me, which is unusual. Usually, Perth's a sucky kind of time zone. But so it must have been like very early hours of the morning Google time that they announced it. So I picked some stuff up late on an evening in TechMeme and trundled across, put my email address in, and by the time I got up the next morning, I had a little uh, invite to use it. So, so that's how I got into the system. So I'll send you an invite. Would you? If you can get in and do that, yeah. Would you? Um, so yeah, uh, you know, there's. I guess the big uh, issue in terms of the debate around this is whether or not it's going to be an office killer. Uh, people were saying, "Man, it's an office killer." Oh, it's not an office killer. I thought the biggest issue was that Calacanis made the call earlier this year. <laughs> Jason, Jason, Jason. Fucking hell, he's funny, isn't he? He is. Funny guy. Uh, funny guy. One of the top 10 or 15... Uh, did you see his post about where he ranks in terms of AOL execs the other day? No. He was going, oh, you know, I'm not one of the top... I'm not one of the top AOL execs. I mean, maybe I might be top 10 or 15. I don't know. I haven't really tried to work it out. Yeah, bullshit. Like, Jason doesn't sleep with a copy of the AOL org chart under his pillow. And, you know... Even highlighted. You know, every time he jumps up a, a level, he's, you know, he's, he's like, you know, kind of shit going on. Anyway, um, so, uh, you know, I, here's my tale. I, I blogged in detail about this, but I know nobody reads my blog, so, you know, I'm going to read what I wrote in essence. I was responding to our mate Jeremy Wright, uh, who, was, uh, who was a TPN podcaster once upon a time, before he uh, was one of the founders of... B5 Media, yeah, two, two or three shows, before he went and founded B5 Media with the boys. But, um, you know, it, 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 he was basically, because he's doing a bit of work for Microsoft over the last year, Jeremy. He's been doing a little bit of book writing for Microsoft, so he's kind of joined the pro-Microsoft camp and tends to utter pro-Microsoft stuff on a regular basis. And uh, so he, he posted, uh, you know, very detailed, you know, anti Google spreadsheet rant on his blog, Insight.org, and I had to respond to it. Now, here's some of the points he was trying to make. He was trying to say that Microsoft Office is cheaper. 
Now, this was predicated on the assumption, which apparently has been made on Gilmore Gang and places like that, that Google are going to be charging a couple of bucks, maybe five bucks a month for access to their whole office suite. And Jeremy was saying, well, you know, five bucks a month by 12 months is 60 bucks, but people only upgrade their office suite every five years, so that's 300 bucks, uh, you know, and you can apparently buy Microsoft Office for 300 bucks in the US. And I was like, well, Jesus, why do people only upgrade every five years for a start? I mean, I upgrade my PC twice a year. Why am I only getting a new office suite every five years? And, you know, maybe if with, with purely online-based stuff, it'll get upgraded more often with more functionality. Plus, I, I haven't seen Google try to charge for anything yet, and they're going to do $10 billion in revenue this year, so I don't know why they would start breaking the model now and try and charge for shit. Have you, you know, seen any uh, good explanation for why they would be putting a price tag on these sorts of things? No, and I haven't heard any of the talk about it either. Um, and, and I agree with you, right? I mean, why would they? Their, their model currently is, gen, you know, from advertising, basically. Well, they got two, right? Search engine um, and licensing that and advertising, and they seem to be making a lot of money at advertising. And then Microsoft are making moves to offer software as a service so they can make money out of advertising, which has validated the, the model. So, yeah, why would they charge for mm. it? Yeah, I mean, I, maybe they will. Maybe there's a, there's a rationale there that I haven't understood yet. I was thinking about it. Well, how would you do contextual advertising in a spreadsheet product? You know, if I type in dollars, does it go, buy your dollars here? If I type in percent, does it go, hey, lose 5% of your waistline? I don't know. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll come up with something. They're, they're smart cookies. And uh, but yeah, this whole thing about people only upgrade their office suite every five years. Well, surely that's <laughs> that's one black mark against the current ways of doing things. Upgrading a piece of software, productivity software, every five years in the era of Moore's law is just ridiculous. You know, we should be upgrading this shit every week. You know, Gmail gets new functionality built into it every other month. It seems like you know why should my office products be the same? Um, his second argument was that Office is more feature-packed. You know, Excel has 27 trillion functions in it compared to Google Spreadsheets 5. Now, there's a couple of arguments here. You know, a lot of people say, oh, yes, but people only use 3% of all of the, you know, services. And Microsoft's response to that in recent years has been, yes, but, you know, everyone uses a different 3%, so we have to have them all in there. And I kind of don't buy that. You know, it, it may be true that in the corporate sector, people in mathematics and in the science, you know, people that are power users of spreadsheets may use some of these convoluted functions. But the average punter, I think, you know, I don't know what you use spreadsheets for, but in you know, the 20 years I've been using Excel, <laughs> I don't think I've used anything more complex than... <laughs> Using the basic operators and uh, you know t tallying stuff up and you know building some you know uh, basic algorithms to calculate something. I mean, I'm not. I've never used anything you know incredibly sexy like automated macros and shits like that. Have you? 
Are you no. that clever? I'm not smart no. enough to use those no. things. But why would you want to use them? I mean, unless you're an accountant or, you know, somebody in the finance industry and they probably use them all the time, you know, what do you really need it for? I mean, the, the stuff that I use it for, I'll probably use it more in the next few years given that, you know, I'm running my own business and stuff now. But, you know, previously it's been, you know, the, the budget for home and, you know, maybe some importing some spreadsheets so that I can look at, uh, you know, partners and their addresses and export them for mail mergers and stuff. And all of that stuff is simply a few fields, maybe a couple of formulas, and that's about it. I don't even don't even really format the damn things, you know? When you, yeah. Who, who prints out spreadsheets and reads them anyway, except mm. for really nerdy bean counters? Mm. That blank spreadsheet you sent me, I can't even look at it, mate, because I can't log in. Well, you should be able to. Yeah, That's I know. one of the problems with this world. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the problems with a limited beta. Yeah, oh, maybe well, I can. I oh, actually. It's, it's, I put in your TPN address and it said you needed to be a, a Google user. So then I put in your Gmail address and... Hey, I like It let me log in. Yeah. There you go. I can play with it. Kick ass! Um... Yeah, so look, I, you know, I don't think that people use this sh- as much of this shit as as, as Microsoft likes to pretend. Um, oh, hello, Mia. Steve Barmer in the background. Sorry, mate. <laughs> windows, 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 windows. God, he could do that all night. I've sat there and watched him do that for like, serious to God, fifteen minutes without taking a breath. Really? Ramping, ramping up an audience. That was. I was there one night. He gave a three and a half hour talk to the troops, to about twenty thousand people, employees in the New Orleans bloody Coliseum. He talked. It was supposed to go for an hour. He went for three and a half hours. He came on at midnight and he finished like three a.m., three thirty a.m. Unbelievable, man. Everyone was asleep. <laughs> Everyone was, particularly those of us that had just you know travelled there from Melbourne, we crashing. Anyway. Um, uh, and the other the other argument, getting back to spreadsheets and, and how many functions, you've got to think that Google's going to open up the API for this and let people build their own functions. Yeah, write your own functions for Excel, uh, for, for the spreadsheet, you know. So there'll be a, yeah, this massive burst of innovation where people, if they need a function that isn't provided by Google natively, they'll write their own. Then, and Jeremy's saying, Microsoft provides better online support. And I said, yeah, try cancelling your Hotmail Plus account. Um, I, I think that's kind of a bit of a furphy. I think that uh, most of the online support that you get in news groups from Microsoft has been provided for years by MVPs, Microsoft valued professionals who don't work for Microsoft, they're volunteers, and they just get a little bit of Microsoft love and they get invited to campus or whatever every now and again and get a little plaque that they can put up on their wall. No reason why Google couldn't build the same sort of support model if they wanted to. Plus, you know, there's, you know, there's this. Every time I've had a tech support issue in the last couple of years, you just Google it, and you can usually find 99% of what you need to know in a couple of minutes by just googling shit out there, and you'll find it. Um, and then he goes on to say that Google isn't a software company. And I was like, what? Which is yeah, kind of funny, really. So he was saying, you know, they're, they're a search company. I'm like, well, what the fuck is search if it's not software? <laughs> it's like, anyway, I don't know. I didn't get it. But look, I don't think it's going to kill Office, uh, you know, tomorrow. I mean, again, who cares? 
no, no one really cares if it's going to kill offers or not kill offers. What it's going to do is provide more alternatives, and I do think it's going to be a great alternative for consumers wanting to use something at home and for small businesses who want to use something and don't want to have to spend fork out 500 bucks and download 27,000 patches to just get in and use simple spreadsheets and for sharing and collaborating and doing that kind of stuff. It's going to be an alternative that I know I'll be promoting to all of my friends and family. It's like, hey, don't go out there and spend 500 bucks. I mean, if you're going to invest 500 bucks into your PC, go and buy a new motherboard. Go and buy a 500 gig hard drive. <laughs> I mean, go and buy something that's going to make your PC 10 times faster and gruntier. Don't sell. Go buy a flat screen monitor. You won't get much for 500 bucks, but you know what I'm saying. You know, don't you know? Don't buy. If you have an option between five hundred bucks and free, take the free option. If it's got you know the functions that you need, obviously. But you know, it's going to be it's an interesting world. And you know, the SME space. Uh, I know Microsoft for years has been have been saying internally that the SME space, the small to medium enterprise space, is where a lot of opportunity sits for them to sell software because most of it's been pirated up until now, and they see it as a huge growth opportunity. But, uh, you know, if you're a small business person, you, you don't spend money unless you absolutely have to. Uh, you're not like a corporate IT department. And, you know, I agree that the big corporate IT departments probably aren't going to use Google Spreadsheets for a while. But uh, it's also important not to forget that the reason Microsoft ended up in the enterprise in the first place, when the enterprises were running mainframes and then running, you know, WordPerfect and Lotus 1, 2, 3, go back 15, 20 years ago, was that Microsoft's op offerings were cheaper. And they also ran on the PC, which was cheaper, uh, before anyone else did. And so, you know, people were using it at home, and they were also, when they, you know, were waiting for the corporate IT department to get their shit together, they would just, you know, go, oh, fuck it, I'll go out and buy a copy of Microsoft Office and start running that, or, you know, Microsoft Excel. Obviously, Microsoft bundled the whole Office thing into one and made it cheaper too. You go back 15, you know, odd years ago, you didn't have a product office. You had to buy a word processor and a spreadsheet and a you know presentation software separately. Microsoft, uh, Jeff Rakes, uh, bundled it all up into one product and made it cheaper than buying the individual components separately, which was you know very very smart stuff. But this whole idea of a cheap, flexible, quick and easy option for people to use is how Microsoft penetrated the enterprise in the first place. <clears throat> so um, I don't see why this is should necessarily work to different rules anyway it's going to be interesting yeah it will be I think it's it's a, it's a new interesting space is what I think it is you know and, and Google are just creating some different options like you say uh, so it's uh, 10.25 I still don't have Douglas's uh, phone number uh, that's really embarrassing uh Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt had a baby. Like we care. I <laughs> uh, wondered why you were saying that. The US have uh, killed Abu Musab al-Zakawi in Iraq. Like that's going to change anything. Supposedly the head of al-Qaeda in Iraq. You know who I reckon the head of al-Qaeda is? George Bush? Yeah. I reckon George Bush is the head of al-Qaeda. What do you reckon? Wouldn't that make sense? It would. Because, you know, you know, you pick any Hollywood thriller in the last 20 years, 
the bad guy, the, the twist at the end is always that the bad guy is the guy you supposedly least expect it to be. Yeah. This, this is particularly true in every Mission Impossible film. Every Mission, in every Mission Impossible film, the bad guy is Tom Cruise's boss. <laughs> and you, you go and like, he, he's so smart, this guy he hasn't figured out now that the bad guy is always his boss. His boss is always you know, the one who's really working for the bad guys. Like, come on, come on. What's his name? <laughs> Hunt. Ethan. Come on, Ethan. Wake the fuck up. It's your boss. He's obviously uh, a really bad judge of character as well, right? <laughs> yes. It's the boss who's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking uh, this is, this is you know, if, if life was a Hollywood film, and let's face it, it pretty much is, then uh, you'd get to the twist and it would turn out that George Bush was really the head of Al-Qaeda. Uh, any news on this thing yet? Any news on uh, the vote? Where's the vote? Where's the vote? Well, you're looking up the vote. I'll talk about my latest rant on my blog, which was about TiVo. Have you seen that they're introducing a service now? Because it's already kind of connected to the internet, they're going to start streaming... Uh, internet content, so some videos like the NBA um, that, that they do so over the internet instead of you know across the cable or terrestrial signals, and you'll be able to watch a whole bunch of those if you're a TiVo subscriber, which has got you know it's useless for us here in Australia. But I thought it was a good indicator of of the way things are headed, and they in, are including Rocket Boom which I thought was a, an awesome endorsement of podcasting slash video podcasting. Speaking of Rocket Boom, which I've got to be honest, I've never really seen the big deal in Rocket Boom. I think Amanda Cogden's cute. But uh, apart from that, I've never really seen the big deal. But she, she got an interview with George Soros I saw today, which is a pretty big deal. So congratulations. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen talk about it on Boing Boing. So good luck to Amanda. Yeah, but that is great that uh, TiVo including it. But I'm, am I the only person that when you hear TiVo wants to go, TiVo, oh, TiVo. Yes, you are the only person that thinks that, I think. I don't even know what song that was. No, nor do I. Do you know, you know, there is a song though. It's, just, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't even know what the song was. Okay. <laughs> uh, too much coffee this morning, I think. Uh, another yeah, uh, another big news. Uh, Microsoft has released the public beta of Windows Vista Beta Two. It's gone public. I know you don't care, Mac boy, but uh, this is a big news. Uh, I'm thinking, will I download it or will I not? Now, having just rebuilt my desktop from scratch in a very very painful process over the last few days. I don't think I'm gonna, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. Well, I could put it on another hard drive. I got my two hard drives there. I could put it on one of the other hard drives and sort of put it into a yeah, dual boot situation. Yeah, I know. Why don't you format that hard drive? <laughs> <laughs> I actually used um, Sync Toy, Microsoft Sync Toy, which is a free app that enables you to synchronize folders on hard drives and I've used it for six months or more to synchronize my documents between my desktop and my laptop which is cool so I always have the latest version no matter what machine I'm on and uh, so I've used that to synchronize Belinda's documents folder from you know to keep a spare copy of it on the other drive um, 
Yeah, so Windows Vista 2, I mean, it's, it's you know, I spoke to somebody the other night, uh, went out to dinner with an old Microsoft colleague of mine, Dunk, who's now at Web Central. Uh, plug for our friends at Web Central. I'm going to say that t- one more time, webcentral.com.au. You may be hearing a lot about Web Central on uh, TPN in the not-too-distant future. Webcentral.com.au. <laughs> Not dedicated central. No, we don't like dedicated central anymore. Web central. As long as it's central, we're happy. Yeah, not off to the left, off to the no, right. No, it's we're central. central. We're the centrist network here. Um, Got to change our name from the podcast network. I'm so damn sick. I should have trademarked it in the US when we launched it. Everyone is called the Podcast Network now. It's the Sports Podcast Network, the Pod Show Podcast Network, the Entertainment Podcast Network, the Weddings Podcast Network, the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm like, this is just wrong. We you should wait, Cast Central. You wait till I got some money, man. I'm going to launch a flurry of lawsuits like you would not believe. Because I'm that kind of guy. I'm the lawsuits kind of guy. You ask anyone who knows me, I'm the lawsuits Taking guy. Taking a leaf out of O'Reilly's book. That's it. I'm going to say I've got a service mark on podcast network so you can all can bite me. A um, little bit different. It's not like, you know, everyone was using the term podcast network before I came along. I came along. I invented the podcast network. I own the podcast network. I'm keeping it. It's my business name. It's not just some fancy conference I'm running. <laughs> Don't shit me. Um, uh, what else was I going to tell you? Oh, I see Google have got a new Firefox uh, extension. Google Sync Firefox, which saves your browser's cookies, passwords, bookmarks, history, and current list of open tabs to your Google account and downloads them to any Firefox uh, installation you've got that's running um, Google Sync. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that and, and what your thoughts on it were because I noticed that, uh, is it Life Hacker? Is, is that the, the, the yep. popular website? Yeah. Um, they, they had a real issue with it. They, they were like, they got to the point where you had to provide a password for your Google password so that it would potentially upload this information to Google and they were like, ooh, I'm not doing that. No, oh, fuck so off. I'm not giving them my passwords and all of my history and stuff and I'm like, Oh man, if you think you've got privacy, you're an idiot. Yeah. And, and who cares? I mean, like, Google <laughs> give a arc about what, you know, I'm doing. As a, on mass, maybe, but they don't really care about me. When they start caring about me, it'll be great because it'll mean there's something I'm important. <laughs> That's right. It's like somebody sent me an email this morning and they said, Oh, I left a comment on your blog, but the email address I left up there was a furfy email address because I don't want bots searching out my email. So if you want to email me, you email me on this address, not the one I put up on your blog. And I sent him back a reply going, Do you also wear an alfoil helmet to keep out the government's mind, mind, mind ray probes? Like, come on, people. They already know everything about you anyway, so just... uh, People have got issue with spam. Just get yourself a Gmail account. Well, uh, this person did have a Gmail account, and I said, yeah. Well, there you go. What do they care? It's pretty good. I mean, I'm getting a bit of spam through these days, but it's still nothing. My spam folder currently has (laughs) 6,928 spam emails in it, according to Gmail. I'm almost running out of space on my Gmail account, I've got to say. I'm currently using 69% of my 2,732 meg... I'm 
just been edging up slightly here and there, but uh, it's a measure of your importance, I feel. So what are you going to do when you? Because I've I've wondered what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and delete it, or am I just going to create a different Gmail address? Don't know. I know Jason Calacanis has had this problem for a while in his blog. He's been saying, "I'm running out of room. Somebody at Google, please help." So I'll just find out what Jason did. Um, yeah, he probably just bought Google because he is the richest man on the planet now. Uh, so what are we talking about? Oh yeah, so this thing now I use a thing already and have done for some time called uh, Fox Marks, which is an excellent little product that I think um, Mark Cuban. No, not Mark Cuban. Um, Ah, uh, shit. Jason Calacanis. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, one of the one of the PC industry pioneers, the guy who's doing all of the politics stuff, net politics. I blogged about him recently. Can't remember his name now. Anyway. Um, oh, anyway. Al Gore. Yeah, Al. Al invented he in, it. He invented the internet, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Foxmarks does exactly the same thing, basically. It, 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 it actually just synchronizes your bookmarks, I think. It doesn't synchronize everything else but it's fantastic it means you know whatever pc i'm on i open up uh firefox and all my bookmarks and my toolbars and everything is synced which is cool but yeah look i think google doing this kind of stuff is great i'll I'll be using that i will download it i think it's all excellent excellent news google i love my google i know i've said this a bit on the show lately but google notebook if you're not using it you got to you got to really get into Google Notebook. I'm fine, and I've now got all sh- all sorts of shit in Google Notebook. I just think it is the bomb. Forget OneNote. I I didn't even install OneNote when I rebuilt my PC. I was just like, fuck that, man. This is uh, this is the place to be. Everything's stored in in my Google Notebook. Of course, it doesn't take my handwriting like uh, OneNote does, but. Since I broke the little swivel neck on my tablet PC, I found I've been doing a lot less handwriting. Uh, i got to take it in to get it fixed. I just can't live without my laptop for the week it's going to take for them to fix it. So I've lost all of my plugins for Firefox because I had to get rid of it because it was, it, it was hanging constantly. Like every um, minute it would hang. So, I had, so I'm actually now using Flock. And oh, Really? Yeah, which is which is nice. I actually like it. <laughs> so so you get this extra functionality where you get to use it in a, as an RSS reader. Uh, you get to use it to upload your Flickr photos and also as a, a blog tool. But the blog tool doesn't work for me. It won't log into the blog. The RSS reader keeps hanging. And so now I'm left with basically the Firefox browser. Mm. But you can't use any of the plugins because they all don't work with Flock. Oh. You're flocked then. I'm flocked. You're completely flocked. I have to do something. Who was the eighties band? Flock of Flock seagulls. Of seagulls. And I ran I ran so far away. I probably have to pay the RIA some money for that, won't I? Yeah, probably. Have we got a difference in pulp fiction. We've got a new show. What was oh yeah, that's right. Flock of Seagulls, isn't it? Who who called him that? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson calls the guy. He calls the guy who shoots flock of seagulls, doesn't he? Yeah, in the apartment when yeah. the, when uh, John and him are Mr. Flock of because he had a big fringe briefcase had a big he had fringe lots of hair, yeah yeah call him Mr. Flock of Seagulls. Um, we've got a new show starting on TPN soon called uh, Kiani and the Worm, <laughs> uh, which is a great name and. Um, it's about the 80s. It's an 80s comeback show. 
<laughs> so the hosts of Keanu, Keanu, no, it's not Keanu, Keanu and the Worm. It's all about uh, you know 80s music, 80s fashion, 80s films, 80s TV shows, political stuff in the 80s. It's all about celebrating the 80s, um, which should be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the pilot show they sent me had a lot of like 80s tunes in it. And I said, oh, man, that'd be great, but we just we just can't at this stage. So we'll, we'll try and work something out where we can... It'd be a lot, a lot more fun if they could put snippets of 80s tunes in there, but uh, for the time being, they're just going to have to talk about them, I guess. Yeah, we'll I get our asses sued. Um, John Hagel. You ever read any of John Hagel's books? No. What type of books does he write? Back in the day... You remember the day, Rich. You were around in the day. I know a lot of our listeners to this show are too young to remember the day. The day. You yeah, back in the day. The day, yeah. Not V-Day, not 1945, but the day. Um, so I'm talking like 10 years ago, in the heyday of the internet when you know money grew on trees, John uh, wrote was a, co-wrote a couple of books. One was called Net Worth. And the next was called Net Gain. No, other way around. The first one was called Net Gain, Expanding Markets Through Virtual Communities, 1997. And then he wrote Net Worth with uh, Mark Singer in 1999. And then he wrote some other books called uh, Out of the Box, Strategies for Achieving Profits Today and Growth Tomorrow Through Web Services. And The Only Sustainable Edge, Why Business Strategy Depends on Productive Friction and Dynamic Specialization. Anyway, he's been writing books on the net for many, many years. And some of his early books were quite good, but I haven't read... I read his first two back in the day. Uh, he's uh, speaking at the Courante Innovative Marketing Conference. And he's, the topic is attention scarcity and its effect on marketing. And I, I like this because this is something that, uh, you know, we've been talking about for a long time, attention scarcity. It's, I, I've never really used that term. I call it attention fragmentation usually, but attention scarcity I like. And he's basically posed a challenge to the audience saying the new scarcity is attention. There's been a profound shift in business economics from shelf space as the key scarce resource to people's time and attention and the key scarce resource. That note, that doesn't make any sense. Whoever fucking blogged this. Renee Hopkins Callahan. Hey. What if she's related to dirt? A couple too many times. What if she's related to Dirty Harry Callahan? If I ever meet Renee, I'm going to call her Dirty. Hey, Dirty. <laughs> You're Dirty. Um, according to it's John, a long way, I reckon. According to John, marketing was formerly based on the three I's: intercept, isolate, and inhibit. And instead, it should be based on the three A's: attract, assist. And in brackets, it says develop understanding of context, both pre- and post-purchase, and affiliate, mobilize people to deliver value. This, says John, is an inexorable move. Fuck, I hate an inexorable move. I had one of those ones. I had to have it cut out. <laughs> move from product and vendor-centric promises. Buy from me because I have great products, or because I'm a great vendor, to a customer-centric promise. Buy from me because I know you as an individual customer better than anyone else, and you can trust me to configure the right bundle of products and services to fill your needs as they evolve over time. Not for every company, but those who are able to do this will be able to create the most powerful brands and create the more value from those brands. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. But scarcity of attention. Buying something that people actually want. Isn't, he, isn't that a factor? 
Yeah. I know you're going to buy off me, not because you want my product. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that obviously our mate Seth has been talking about for a long time, and guys like Seth, is uh, is this idea of word of mouth marketing and buying stuff because people are speaking favorably about you yeah, rather he tells, than he tells people he doesn't talk about that he tells people because he doesn't <laughs> have a com- he doesn't want to have a conversation with no, you can't have no. comments on our blog because no. there'd be a conversation so we're just going to tell you and you just listen because I am yeah, the I Seth mean, l- look what happens when you have comments in your blog you end up getting called bloody Tonto I mean <laughs> you don't want Tom- that Seth Tonto uh, it's better than the sock puppet. It's an upgrade from the sock oh, puppet. It definitely is. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. Could have been worse. I could have called you silver. <laughs> well, didn't you think that was what I was or something? Didn't you think I was the dog? Uh, whatever the other comment was that was made. Somebody else did that. They said I was Hong Kong Fooey and you were the dog. That's right. Yeah. 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 Which is before my time. We didn't have that on television in Bundaberg in the seventies. Um. Well, we did, I think, when I was really, really little, but too young to remember. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, it's about, you know, people speaking favourably about you uh, so that people who listen to them go, oh, really, I should go and get me one of them kind of deal. Um, rather than you speaking favourably about yourself. You know, I think it's like me coming up to you and going, hey, Rich, I'm really cool. I am a really, really cool guy, and you, you're really going to like hanging out with me because I, <laughs> I am really cool. Versus somebody going, hey, Rich, that Cameron guy's uh, really cool. Like uh, Thomas at the beginning of the show going, Cam Riley rocks my fucking world. You know, people are going to believe Tom saying that more than they're going to believe me saying that. And it goes the same with companies and, and service providers as well. I'm going to believe it more if I hear it from an unbiased third party who is a consumer of your services rather than if I hear it directly from you <laughs> until you realise that, that you you are actually Tom just putting on a fake voice <laughs> and that's the same with you know company blogs whenever I get called in and I do from time to time to do consulting in inverted commas by the way I'm looking for more consulting <laughs> in inverted commas if anyone wants to get the cam in to do some consulting to your company on blogging or podcasting strategies, I am available. Cameron at the Podcast Network dot com. Get me in. I don't have to swear. I can't have a conversation without saying fuck, cunt, shit. Believe it or not. Um, you just I mean, them all out of the way there. See. <laughs> but um, so what I normally say to them is like, uh, yeah, look, you can do your own blog and you can do your own podcast, and that's great. And, and we talk about Microsoft and Scoble and whatever. I say it's more important to find the people. As a first step, I'd find the people who are already blogging or podcasting about your industry or your, your group of products or services, your domain, and find a way to embrace them and assist them to learn more about your products and your services and your company philosophy and your culture and your product development processes and all that kind of stuff. Because them talking favorably about you is probably more credible than you talking favorably about you. And then what you can do from your blog is rather than talk about you on your blog, you can say, hey, look at this guy, John. He uh, is writing a really good blog on the FNAF FNAF industry. We highly recommend you go read it because John is talking favorably about you. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? I, don't, I know you, you're not a big fan of Sun, but uh, and 
I haven't really got an opinion about this next move, but apparently, I read last night, that they're going to introduce on their website the ability for people to review the, their products, like um, like an Amazon, which I thought was an interesting move for a open company. An open review system. Yeah, just like Amazon. So you can go in there and you can say, I hate it, it's a piece of crap, or, yeah, I really liked it. Um, so basically, yeah, an open commenting type system on their website about apparently not all of their products to start with, but the aim is to to make it all of their products over time. Wow, that is a uh, that's a pretty bold move. I can remember back in the day. Do you remember, I, I don't know if you guys did the same thing, but I know that Oracle definitely really? did this. Day wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. I know that um, Oracle definitely did this, where they had all of their corporate customers sign NDAs, say that they could not talk about their Oracle product really? externally, yeah. So if you got, you know, if you were an Oracle customer and you were running Oracle 9i and it sucked ass, you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't publicly say, you know, when you're interviewed by a journalist, you couldn't say Oracle 9i sucks ass because you had signed NDAs basically shutting you the hell up. Wow. And that's why you, you rarely got any negative press about the bugs in Oracle or, you know, the viruses and shit like that that were going out there because uh, you weren't allowed to talk about it. I'm pretty sure Sun did the same thing. Not, not when I was there. Oh, come on. You, got, you, you can't say because you signed an NDA. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, the only time we ever got people to sign, because it was a really laborious process, pain in the ass. Um, the only time we ever got people to sign NDAs was if we were going to be showing them some software that was like alpha or something we hadn't released yet, um, or yeah, yeah, yeah. if if they if the customer or something wanted to have an NDA discussion with us, then we'd have them sign one of our NDAs, bilateral NDA and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd like to do a shout out to uh, some friends of mine, David Lemfers and Yil Lemfers, got married the other day. The 3rd of June. David's a Microsoft guy, um, but before he joined Microsoft, uh, he and I were going to do a startup about 18 months ago. After I left Microsoft, we were um, he was a BizTalk developer, and uh, he was at Dimension Data at the time, and I was, uh, after I left Microsoft and I was setting up my BizTalk business, I was talking to Dave about coming and doing some BizTalk stuff with me, and um, anyway, he decided he wanted to go take a corporate job instead probably a good decision uh, <laughs> but um, yeah so you just got married shout out to David Lemfers if you're listening Dave congratulations to you and Yil there you go well done mate um, I read that now I read that on Frank Arrigo's blog and the other the thing I was going to talk about on Frank's blog he's got a link to this very cool thing have you seen these um, websites as graphs Websites as graphs. No. Yeah, well, apparently all the big web publishers like Dig and Reddit, etc., are publishing traffic uh, on their site as graphs, showing all the hotspots. It's very, very pretty stuff. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I've, uh, isn't that that was done by a bunch of guys that just sold the product to somebody big? I can't remember. And and yeah, it shows hotspots where people have clicked. So instead of Instead of it saying this is how many visitors you've had to your web page and this is where they went, it says you've had this many visitors and this is where they clicked and the most activity on that particular page was here and stuff. That's what you mean, yeah? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't understand it all, but it's very pretty and I want one. <laughs> it's basically. Yeah, yeah. Got to What's the name of the product? Can you remember? No. Uh, no. 
I don't think Frank says uh, here. I mean, that's not any particular product he's pitching here. He's just uh, saying he's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Inkiness? No? no? That's someone else. Don't know. Anyway, I'll put a link up. There's lots of links you can go and find it. Um, haven't heard from Douglas yet. God damn, I wish I'd set that up properly. I'm pissed off now. Pissed off. Uh, what else has been good and in my mind lately? The the chess playing story. God, I love this. So this chick, there's this this uh, Queensland girl, Ariane Kaoli, Kaoli, Kaoli. I don't know how you pronounce it. She's twenty. She's uh, got some uh, Filipino blood in her. But she's a very attractive young girl, and she's one of our top female chess players in Australia. Um, and she was, uh, I think, at Lodi. Uh, which the listeners to the Napoleon show will know, because uh, we talked about Lodi on our most recent Napoleon show. It was uh, Nap- uh, Napoleon, in one of his very early battles, it w- was fighting a battle at Lodi, which he won, and it was a very important moment for Napoleon, because he got his armies to cross a bridge that was being heavily guarded by the Austrians. And he got his men to basically commit suicide, run over a bridge that had lots of cannons and cavalry and troops on the other side. And he realised at that point in time that he could compel people to do crazy and insane things. And he said afterwards that he realised that was a turning point when he realised he was uh, had great things in store for himself. But anyway, uh, she was playing at this chess tournament uh, for the Australian team in Lodi. And they went to a party. I think it was the Bulgarian camp or somebody had a party one night. And she went dancing with her boyfriend, who's a top chess player from another country over there. And some other chess playing dude got up and decked her boyfriend because he was dancing with her. Because he fancied her. And so there's these two chess masters punching each other up over another female playing chess master. Now, (laughs) it's just not the sort of thing that you expect from chess playing geeks. But, I I mean, I've seen the photo of this chick and I'd I'd get into a fight over her. I can completely understand it. So, um, except she's also a fundamentalist Christian reading her blog. She believes in Jesus. But apart from that, she's very hot. That's always a bit of a downside when you find out the hot chick that you like believes in Jesus. It's always a bit of a dampener on the moment, I have found. Yes. But um, this is the best thing to happen to chess. It's got, so it's got more coverage out of this than you know chess has had since probably Gary Kasparov played Deep Blue. And I, I keep saying to... Uh, you know, I've been saying for years that they should combine chess with boxing. And somebody actually did that a couple of years ago. You had to, you had to play a move each and then get into the ring for five minutes and then they had to sit back down and play another move and get back into the ring I thought that was really really clever I'm surprised that yeah. didn't take off they need to do stuff like that but she's she's a super duper chess player then yes yeah? she's she's an expert or something well yeah she's one of our top female chess players in Australia um, I read about this on the Closet Grand Masters blog. He's an Aussie who writes a really good blog on chess that I discovered the other day. Um, I discovered it uh, on a site that I hadn't been to before, I don't think, embarrassingly enough. But I should be there all the time. It's called the Australian Index. Have you ever been there? whole list of Australian blogs? I think I must have been here before, but um, they linked to my site and I sort of found it through my Technorati search. Um, it's uh, theaustralianindex.com. It's just basically a list of Australian blogs. And then every day they sort of pull out half a dozen posts from Australian blogs that they think are noteworthy and they were linking to something I... They were linking to my <laughs> argument about Google Spreadsheet, actually. 
But um, the Closet Grandmaster uh, had a link on there the previous day, which I went and read about this story. So he's got a good blog, and I've invited him on the show. I said, why don't you come on the show and talk about it, and talk about chess and whatever, and he said, uh, can I think about it? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean can you think about it? Well, what do, you, what do you need to think about, dude? I invited you to come on my podcast as a guest. I mean, there is no greater honour in Australia. Forget your, you know, Australian of the Year award. There is no greater honour than getting invited on this goddamn podcast. What do you mean you got to think about it? Think about this. I didn't say that. I went, yeah, okay, whatever, take your time. Um, we'll just <laughs> be talking about you in the meantime. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, you can either come on the show or we'll laugh at you on the show. That's up to you, really. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to listen to this and go, oh, my God, on that show now. Fuck, they take the piss. It's an Australian podcast. What would you expect? Um, no, he, he does write a very good blog. Hey, have you just added some numbers into that spreadsheet? No. Did you add them before, the one, two, three? I just didn't notice it. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, I added them in there. Oh, that's very cool. Um, I was trying to, just trying to find out how to do the the thingy while we're talking about it. I was trying to figure out how I could drag and do... Yeah, f- shut the fuck up. You weren't paying attention. I said pay attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, oh, apparently... Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, remember you talked about the Brigadier who was being interviewed by Skeletor? Skeletor. A couple of shows ago, you talked about... Um, oh, yeah, Skeletor. Skeletor, yeah, Jessica yeah. Rowe on the uh, Today Show. show, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I just noticed up on uh, the Australian Index from a few days ago, they've got a link to YouTube, which is a clip from Rove Live showing it. Oh, really? So I'll put a, yeah, I'll put a link uh, to that up in the show notes, because I haven't actually seen it. I want to go see it. That's funny. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, the Closet Grandmaster. Closetgrandmaster.theblogspot.com. Good blog about chess from an Australian perspective, because uh, I'm on the hunt for more podcasters, and I've always wanted a podcast on chess. So I was going to invite this guy to do a podcast for us on chess, but you know, if he doesn't even want to come on my show, I guess it's probably not a good indicator. <laughs> I know, really. So busy playing chess. Speaking of going on other people's shows, I'm going to be yeah. going going into the Triple J studios this afternoon no, to be on John Safran's show. So, but this is a, a broadcast thing, right, over radio, and then that, they'll podcast it next week, probably. Is that right? So, but it's a show on Sunday night, yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's pre-recorded. Don't tell them I told you that. But it's pre-recorded on a Friday because Bob can't stay up late enough on a Sunday night. He's too old. It's not live like this show, where we're yeah. actually talking <laughs> as you're listening to it. We can prove that if you call my number now, oh four double oh four double five double three four. I'll answer the phone on air and, um, you know, we'll be able to talk it. So have you got your, have you got your mobile there? Yeah, I do. Somebody's ringing, but I'll just ignore it. Yeah, to call me and we'll prove that this is live. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's see. Now, we're testing here, people. If This is proving on. that this show is live to air. See? Oh, look! Oh. Let me answer that. Hey, Richard, can you hear me? I can. Hello, how are you? Is I'm it, good, thanks. Are you doing this show live? I'm doing this show live, completely live, and we've proven it. Wow. Wow, okay. This is probably fucking up the recording. and be going, lots of static and shit, so we should turn it off. Um, there you go, there you go. Proved it's live, people. Um, so, yeah, I'm going into the Triple J show. So, so, for people who don't live in Australia, all three of our international listeners, Triple J is... Uh, a national radio station. It's called the Youth Radio Network. It's actually owned by the ABC, sort of our government-owned Australian TV and radio network. 
Um, and Triple J's been around for 20 years. It's uh, plays, you know, contemporary music. It's for the kids. Um, not hosted by the kids, though, interestingly enough. Hosted by grown-ups, usually in their 20s, early 20s. And John Safran's a bit of a bit of a media rebel in this country. He had a couple of fairly edgy television shows. John Safran versus God, John Safran's Music Jamboree. Very sort of uh, funny, cynical, punk sort of style about him. Um, most famous for, I think, for um, stalking our number one current affairs host at the time, Ray Martin, whose television show, tabloidy current affairs show, used to stalk people, go into their houses and stick a camera in their face and go through their doorway, that kind of stuff. So Safran did the same thing to Ray Martin, went to his house, you know, kept getting footage of him getting out of his house and getting in his face, and, and uh, Martin tried to punch the shit out of him. And I think Safran's show got axed because of that. <laughs> which was pretty funny anyway he does a show with my mate Father Bob uh, which airs uh, on Sunday nights here and it's podcast a couple of days later which is talks about religion and stuff kind of comedy style though so yeah they've invited me on funnily enough to talk about MMORPGs I can't even say it and I'm going to go on the radio MMORPGs and virtual communities and stuff because they, there was some talk about it on last week's show Bob got himself out of his depth talking about it, and uh, there was a lot of people on the uh, on their online forum very excited about it, so they thought we should talk more about it. And they said, "Who could we get on as a guest?" And Father Bob, thinking that I am the world's expert in everything, said, "Oh, we'll get Cameron on. Get Cameron on. He knows all about that stuff." So uh, I'm going on. Um, you know, of course they don't know that I know nothing about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going to start reading this afternoon? Oh, well, yeah, I'll just print out Wikipedia before I go up, you know, usual thing. Wikipedia the shit out of it. Mm. Actually, truth be told, I am secretly uh, in discussions about producing a film about World of Warcraft. Mm. Yeah, a documentary about World of Warcraft. Can't say too much. Can't say anything really other than that. Um, NDA'd up the arse, but uh, I'm going to make a movie, I think, about uh, World of Warcraft, a documentary. We'll see. Just, I'm not, I'm not actually making I noticed, it. Um, Joe, Joe Ito, the uh, entrepreneur in Japan. Joe Ito! Oh, 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 Joe Ito! He's got TiVo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so I think, and he's a big <laughs> fan of it. He he like plays it obsessively. I think you know, and because you go up the ranks and all sorts of stuff. I've never played it because um, I, I went there to download it, and you have to go and buy it in a store. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck is that? I know what the fuck buy shit from stores. Um, yeah, I haven't played it either. But I've you know I've talked to lots of people who have, and I've watched lots of uh, you know sort of stuff about it. Uh, but I understand. I get it. I grok it, man. I grok it. I've read, you know, I've read Necromancer. I feel, you know, if you read Necromancer and Snow Crash, what else do you need? Yeah, it's that's the bomb, man. It's the bomb. Uh, how? What if I'm? Um, oh, look at that. Um, interesting stuff about um, something we should talk more about is the nuclear energy debate that's going on in Australia at the moment. Do you know, I mean, so the Prime Minister of Australia, um, a.k.a. Johnny Howard, 
came out recently and has appointed like some sort of official committee to investigate the idea of building more nuclear power plants in Australia. And uh, I've heard uh, on the grapevine that the reason this has all happened in the last couple of months and he's gone all, whoa, hey, we need to have nuclear energy, is because he listens to G'day World. And when we had Rod on from the Atomic yeah. Show on TPN a month or two ago, John Howard listened to that and went, fuck, you know, that guy is right. We, we, we should have more nuclear energy. It's clean. It's safe. Because pretty much, I, I, I saw John Howard being interviewed on the 7.30 report a few days ago, and pretty much he was quoting Rod Adams verbatim. It was like he, he had basically transcribed everything that Rod said. He didn't transcribe it himself. He went up to Podnova. And he got the transcription, and then he he basically uh, just read it verbatim. So um, I've got I've got it on good authority that uh, Rod is going to be on the, the the panel, the Australian Nuclear Council panel. So we should we should have Rod back on, and we should get John Howard or somebody on to talk about that. Yeah, um, actually, given that we're live as well, um, John, if you're listening, just give us a buzz on the mobile. Oh, four hundred four double five double the other thing that uh, is bigger than news at the moment we should talk about is the gay marriage stuff. Now, this is classic. You know, uh, we've got the Gay Parenting Show on TPN, hosted by Scott Sherman, sponsored, thank you to the sponsors of the Gay Parenting Show, sponsored by the Human Rights Campaign. Nice fellows down the Human Rights Campaign. Um, and uh, so there was this George Bush thing he was trying to push through in the US to pretty much put a ban on gay marriage and uh, the Senate overturned it last night they went nah you know what George fuck you because you know men should have the right to fuck each other up the ass if they want and get married and lesbians should have the right to get married if they want to lick each other's clits Is that exactly what he said? You're reading from the transcript there. Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. Um, hey, oh, hey, Jeremy Wright. <laughs> Let's see if we can get him on the show. <laughs> Hold on. Has he heard us already? Yeah, it's because he's listening live. Yeah. Hold on, he doesn't know I'm doing this, so let me see. <laughs> Jeremy Wright. Welcome to the G'day World. Is that Welcome <laughs> to G'day World, Jeremy Wright. President oh, okay. of B5 Media. We were just talking about you like not ten minutes ago. And we, we, we understand now you must be listening live to the show, man. Say good day to Rich, J Dub. <laughs> hey, Rich. It's been a while, eh? Yeah, it is. How you doing? <laughs> you guys aren't actually recording right now, are you? We are recording right now, mate. And I went, hey, uh, Jeremy's here. Let's good get him times. on. Good times. <laughs> now, we were talking, of course, about Microsoft Office versus Google Spreadsheet, Jeremy. <laughs> and and I was basically read your post verbatim and then read my response verbatim because this is out there, man. Don't don't get on my blog and tell me that I didn't understand your points, dude. Cause no, you, you did. I, I, it must be a language barrier or something going on because you, you totally did not respond to my points at all. We, <laughs> I, I quoted your points verbatim, man, and then responded. I so was going to ask when you're actually accepting the job at Microsoft, Jeremy. He's been taking their paycheck for the last 18 months, dude. I mean... Uh, I Microsoft eight months ago, actually. You're a shill, Jeremy. You're a shill for Microsoft. You're actually, worse than Scoble, man. Next post is lambasting them. I, you know what this is? This is purely... I haven't really blogged in like three months. I've been so caught up with business stuff. So this is purely like pent-up emotion. You know, it's like women coming off her period kind of stuff. It's really <laughs> quite... 
feel really bad for all my readers or whoever's left after like six months of me not blogging. You know, so yeah. You you realize you, you've just accidentally fallen right into the theme of the show. Quite literally, the the thing we were talking about before you came on was the Senate overturning George Bush's attempts to ban gay marriage. And I was saying that if men want to fuck each other up the ass and women want to lick each other's clits and get married, they should have a right to do that. And now you're talking about women coming off their periods. You've just fallen right into the whole theme of the show, man. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm hoping that that's not happening at the same time, though. Well, hey, I've got nothing wrong with any of that. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I just... Right, so, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we really, really have brought the quality of the show down this time now. <laughs> no, really come on. Much of does it. I've got visual images popping out of my head left, right and centre and I really don't want to see stuff like that. So, Jeremy, now, since we got you on the show, we did have another guest plan. He didn't t- he didn't turn up so we, we talked to you and said we've only got three minutes left or two minutes left. Tell us, a, give us a bit of a plug for B5 Media. What's going on in the B5 world? How many bloggers have you got now in B5 Media? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, you lose count after like 70. I think we have about 70 or 80 bloggers, about 130 wow. blogs. Wow. Um, 130. So wow. We've now passed a million uniques a month, and we're fast approaching to uh, over 25 million pages a month. So just great growth. It's been kind of seven months so, and just been fun. So yeah. does B5 have the agreement with Google AdSense, or do each blogger have their own agreement? I'm just trying to B5 gather it. does. B5. So, and then we so now you're up there, you, you get career checks and stuff like that? Anyone can do that, but yeah. yeah. We don't make Anyone? a lot of AdSense, because no, AdSense is kind of, you know, a dollar to a CPM. It's really not very good. Um, but, you know, yeah, money's good. And it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun. I mean, any time when you can get, you know, when your job is helping people realize their dream of, like, working full-time, just talking about what they're passionate about, that's huge, right? I mean, that's just like a dream come true. You know, we've had like six bloggers quit their full-time jobs, you know, um, because of pay that we've been able to either give them or arrange for them. And that's like that's cool. like the money, right? That's what this kind of stuff's at is like letting people realize their dream, you know. So to me, that's way more important than all the numbers crap because that's just fluff, right? But, you know guy, you know, is taking three weeks off to go on his first vacation in four years that he can never afford before, that's awesome, right? Someone quits their job because they can now afford to just do this stuff full time, that's huge. That's the kind of stuff I love. Working you know? in their bathrobes, that's where it's at, man. Bathrobes? Clothing? I'm free, baby, and I'm loving every second of it. Um, so, uh, where to from now for B5 Media, Jeremy? Like, what's the plan? Just keep going, keep building, keep growing? Sure. <laughs> if we can, that's not a bad plan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, keep having fun, keep uh, trying to push some boundaries and, you know, try and get more readers. And I think, you know, I, I like what we're doing because we're doing mainstream stuff, right? We're not doing, like, I mean, we have the tech blog and the gadget blog and the video game blogs and that kind of stuff. But I love the, like, you know, cancer blog and, you know, mm. like, um, you know, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome blogs and, you know, like stuff that's, like, really matters to people. I love that kind of stuff. So the more we can do that, the better. And where do you get your bloggers from? Um, we have them reproduced by Sears. Uh-huh. Yeah, we yeah. thought about made-to-order kind of stuff, but we found Sears' quality was way better. Yeah, well, I, I know that there's a lot of bloggers being cloned out of Korea at the moment. Yeah, but, you know, their English just not so good. <laughs> so, 
How many people can I offend in three minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, unless you're doing it on my show, it's not going to hurt your numbers at all. <laughs> You'll know, Jeremy. We were talking, and we could, we didn't know the name, and I've looked it up, and I think I know the name. So we're talking about that uh, new tool that hasn't been released yet, but a, a bunch of people are actually using it, where it actually shows um, heat areas of your your web page, so you can tell where people are clicking or focusing. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, the heat map stuff. So is that um, is that what it's called, or is it measure maps from a adaptive path, or is that something different? Uh, measure maps are very different from heat maps. Uh, heat maps is, I mean, heat maps is stuff we've been doing since '94, um, like as an industry, right? Um, but people have only just started applying it to AdSense and advertising recently. Uh, before UI testing, uh, heat maps and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I'm not a really huge fan of heat maps personally because you tend to make decisions um, based on everyone as opposed to based on possibly the more important people, you know. Um, so I don't know. The ones that bit. speak good English. Yeah, speaking's English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the show, people. Uh, thanks for coming on as a special <laughs> guest, Jeremy, uh, unsolicited at the late, <laughs> late minute. <laughs> no problem, guys. All right. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch uh, you next week. Uh, don't forget to listen to John Safran's show when I'm going to be on on uh, Sunday night. Listen to it live if you're in Australia. You can listen to it uh, on the podcast a couple of days later. I'll put a link up so you'll be able to find it. Have a good weekend, boys. See you, mate. See you later. Hey, dude. Hey, so what's going on? Is this uh, is this Shane or Cameron? <laughs> it's Cameron, man. Hey, Cameron. You just you sounded like Shane for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all our Aussies sound the same, man. Yeah, you're all the same to me. Yeah. Man. Let me put on my headphones. Maybe that'll sound better for you. Yeah, get this echo. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so what's going on? I can't. Okay, so, uh, yay, nay, 52-52, that's the bill. Uh, and yay for passing is 61, nay is like 135. But I, I am so confused as to what in the hell this is, uh, you know, do, do I want to vote yay? <laughs> you know? And yeah, which is which, right? Do, have you heard me? Yeah, so I'm saying, yeah, so the nay, yay means yes to net neutrality, I suspect. I don't, I haven't read the bill, so I don't exactly know, uh, you know, which way they should be voting, but I suspect the yes. Okay, so, so the, it's called the motion to recommit with instructions. So I guess that's the net neutrality is, uh, you vote yes. And, um, the bill is 5252. And the number of yeses is 79. The number of noes is 170. Say that again. What are those? The yeses is what? Uh, now it's 80, and the noes are 175. Oh, so the noes win. The, well, so far. I mean, there should be about uh, 300 votes. 91. So, well, shit, there's not, there's not enough left to get over. You'd need another 100 to get over. Yeah, it's uh, one. that? One nine, one eighty to ninety. So there's double the nose so far. Uh, now I heard a guy. I heard a guy talking about this thing earlier, saying that uh, he thinks the House will 
um, say no to net neutrality, but it'll be close enough that the Senate will pick this up and, and you know, perhaps fix it. It has to go through both the House and the Senate, and this is just the House. Hmm. Still, not good that it got that far in the House. Is, uh, have you got uh, GOP waiting in the House? Is there more Republicans than Democrats? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. They got a room full of people. Uh, they've been voting on shit all day long, um, and so you know, I don't know what they're doing. The, the, the voiceover right now is about Tom Delay's farewell, but. Uh, they're at 113 yay and 190 something nay. Well, I'm going to put this in my podcast if that's all right with you, Matt. Because we were yeah. talking about this, we couldn't get uh, we couldn't get a result. So this is Brenton Perry from Dallas in Texas. Hey, <laughs> former Microsoft colleague of mine. What are you working? Where are you working now, mate? Tell everybody what you do. Uh, I'm working at a company that uh, I guess you call the incumbent. Um, uh, data services provider. So most of the SMSs uh, in the world are, are working through us. Ooh. That's, yeah. If I told you more, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you uh, turn over all your SMS data to the government? Do you like let every let them know what everyone's talking about? Well, personally, I send all of mine directly to the government. Just but, to uh, cut out cut out the middleman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, you must be the good friend with the NSA there, mate. So there you have it, folks, the net neutrality bill at this point in time, which is, uh, shit, what time is it? Oh. Quarter, quarter to 12 Melbourne time on Friday, the 9th of May. What time is it in Texas, man? Uh, 8.44 p.m. Um, let me just look. Uh, I didn't have my glasses on, so i got to walk up to the TV. 1.24, yay, 2.13, nay. Well, that's 330 votes cast. So it sounds like the net neutrality bill has been overturned in Congress, but uh, we don't really understand if that... <laughs> we don't know if that's actually correct or understand what the hell that does mean if it is correct. Yeah, or if it's good or bad or, you know. <laughs> so, you know, this is the show where you get all the news that doesn't really know what the news is, but we'll tell it to you anyway. We're reporting live. Exactly. Um, you know what? It's better that you hear it now and you don't know what's going on than to have somebody else tell you really what's going on later. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they're right. Oh, shit. All right, man. Well, i got to go and put this thing up, but uh, thanks, for, thanks for filling us in, Brenton Perry. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Cheers, mate.